So, Roxanne, I'm, I'm very excited for this conversation. I love the discussion that, that took us from employee engagement to patient outcomes, how we're converging the internal with external. But Roxanne, first, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I, my brain has been swimming in those concepts since we talked last. So can't wait to dive in. You know, and, and I would love to take our audience straight into how your brain works, because I loved our conversation. And uh, Roxanne, you and I talked about business goals. That's where I want to begin today. How do you think about the business goals of the organization in the context of people initiatives? I think it's centered around really focusing in on on that engagement with with team members and getting them back to uh, getting them out of that survival mode that we've been in in the last two years or so. And in order to really thrive and meet any strategic goals that we're setting in an organization, they've got to be engaged and feel like they're part of that solution and, and get out of this this mindset that we've got of just trying to get through from day to day. So our big initiatives have been trying to, how do we help them to thrive? How do we get everyone kind of underneath this strategy of what it is we're trying to accomplish and really feel like they're part of something bigger? You you know, getting out of this mindset we've been over the last couple of years, and I think you and I touched on, this is almost our instinctive brain. It takes us back to survival, takes us back to, to scanning for threats. And it almost as if we've been put into this perpetual mode where we're constantly, not, not all of us, but on average, we become more, more anxious. And it sounds like for your organization, you're seeing that as the business goal is to get people out of that into a positive place. Am I, am I hearing, hearing correctly? Yeah, our focus is, it really is on the team. And, you know, you'll hear from a lot of our leaders that when they're focusing on a team, how the team's doing, that is going to impact the ultimate stakeholder of the patient. And so all of our senior leaders have been focusing on how do we help um, really from a mental fitness standpoint, it goes beyond just, you know, previously known wellness um, initiatives or um, mental health that a lot of organizations are starting to bring in. It's really more this mental fitness of exercising our way back mentally into this place of, of thriving versus survival. Um, and it is, it is instinct for all of us. And, you know, along with that, the amount of changes that we've seen both in our personal life and in work environments, it's compounded so much that for us to be able to manage all of that in a healthy way, it becomes even harder and harder to do if we're not, you know, really kind of coming from a, how do I mentally prepare myself to to engage? And Roxanne, help us understand the connection that your organization sees between that and how this shows up to your customer, right? And customer to your to your patients. Is this an implicit? Is this explicit? Is this part of conversations that, you know, that are had with folks that are running both sides of the organization? Often there are silos. This group over here is focused on on the internal questions. This group over there is focused on external. And maybe they meet once in a while. It's not often and it's not holistic or organic. So how closely is it connected within your organization? Yeah, it's definitely a journey, uh, and there is commitment from our senior level all the way through our um, to our 
you know, line workers, if you will, that are out there doing the the day-to-day interaction with our patients, like I said, who, you know, ultimately are going to be the ones that benefit from this this place of wellness for all of our team members. Um, so, you know, it is, it is ingrained even from the very beginning uh, when we think about like the culture of the organization. From day one, we even say, you know, this is tough work. Um, but the reward is so wonderful when you look at the outcome for the patients. Um, so it's from the beginning. It's internal. Um, and we also strive from a community standpoint to make sure that others know this is who we are um, and that our goal is to focus on making sure our team is strong before we can then get to, um, you know, what it what that looks like for those patients. And, you know, we we have the sickest of the sick in our area, um, many that are brought in from around the nation. Uh, so to be prepared to do that, it, it takes a strong person to start off with. And, you know, we've worked so much to um, continue to have the reputation that we do even through tough times like COVID. Um, but it just shows how resilient we are naturally. We just need that additional support. So it, it comes from their line leaders, managers who are really invested in making sure that they know who, who our team members are as a human um, and not just a worker that comes in to, to punch in and punch out that, you know, what is it that's in it to, to really kind of stir that desire for them to, to be engaged. Seeing them as, as the human, not as the worker and, and, and having that mindset throughout the entire organization, starting at the executive level, uh, because if it, if it's not, it, it's not going to show up in every day. Um, Roxanne, so, so let's jump into the, the people initiatives. You and I mentioned a few. What do you have in store? How are you thinking about this from a strategic perspective and, and looking at your roadmap a few years out? What are you contemplating? Yeah, trying to really do something different that's out, outside the box um, to really just grasp the attention of our team members. Engagement is such a general concept that, you know, I think now we start to kind of just brush over it. A lot of organizations doing different assessments and surveys and and focusing on outcomes. But are we really touching them? Are we really getting into, you know, it becomes habit or something that they desire to really want to do? Um, you know, I, I reference this sometimes to we know that people are going to check some form of social media during the day. How do we become that that TikTok or that social media that they desire to want to hear from? Um, that really is kind of that that motivator. So, you know, we have different programs that we do from a learning standpoint, but really trying to, you know, what is that next level? How do we get um, their attention to to the point that a lot of organizations don't even tap into? And I think that's a that's a really kind of an honest and open conversation for us to have. I'll admit it. You know, I, over the last six months, Instagram for me, it, it now understands my interest in pickleball and, and exercise. And uh, when I have a few minutes to relax, I relax with Instagram. And uh, I'm seeing that with my family, with, with the friends. So, yes, we're all very, very busy, but we also have the time, right, for, for things that, that really we, we find to be entertaining and engaging. So, Roxanne, what you're saying is as we think down the road, as we think about our future people initiatives, do we ask ourselves how do we reach them the way social media has been able to reach them? How do we be bite-sized, relevant? I mean, how would you describe what it is that we can learn from that world to bring into 
this world and this conversation. Yeah, and you like hit it right on the head, Adam. So Instagram knows more about you than potentially an employer that you spend eight to 12 hours a day, 40 plus hours a week. It knows your preferences, your desires, those things that motivate you just simply by the things that you're you're engaging in and looking at on a regular basis. How do we get, you know, that is kind of my, you know, how do we become that for, you know, we want to know that a lot of leaders and managers, they want to know, but a lot of times it's, I don't, I have 80, 100 plus employees that report to me directly. How could I possibly meet with them one-to-one every month on top of the load, you know, of work that I have to do? Uh, and the desire is certainly there, but is there, is there a way where we're actually getting the, the team members to pull in they want that information versus the manager pushing to say, we got to meet. Hey, listen to this message that I sent out. Hey, look at this email that I sent out to you for information. People are reaching out voluntarily for information. Even in those little moments when they're on break, they're looking at some of those things. So, you know, what can we do to to create something, you know, something that's different than, than that's really going to grab that attention? I really think this topic right here is the tip of the spear. This is These are the questions being asked by internal change agents, internal visionaries, if you will, who are seeing the challenge and asking, you know, what do we do? And, and you said it, the Instagram knows us well, right? It understands us. It looks at data. We know employees don't like the term, but well, I'll use it. We know employees pretty well. If you think about they've been working at the organization for this long, now the data maybe is in different places. There's the payroll information, there is the performance, there is the collaboration, there's the calendar. All of these tools that we use at work, they are the data that understands the experience, but it isn't unified. So are, are we saying how, do, how does this data come together in order to form a similar Instagram-like full view of, of what you like? It would definitely be quick and easier, right, for a leader or manager to tap into that motivation. If they can, you know, had something they can look at and say, ah, here's how I can actually get to them. Or, you know, here's what I need to work with them. What is the topic of conversation we need to have right away? Uh, where all of that is in one place. But then also keeping it on a human level. Uh, so, you know, we do, you know, as humans, that's a little bit different than just collecting the data and looking at the data. How do we bring in the, the, the personal piece, which a, a social media platform can't bring in a, you know, place for, of software can't bring in that personal touch to say, I value you as a human. Um, and I, you know, making this person wanting to want to specifically work with you that they see so much value in that interaction and that relationship that they want to be engaged. So it's both, it's, you know, how do I capture that data, but then we're transferring it into humanity, if you will, versus the, you know, I don't wanna work for a robot that's gonna say, I know all this information about you. I wanna know that you value me as a human. Yeah, what we're not looking for a connection and a sense of belonging with a program. Right. We're looking for that to be with, you know, with other people, especially within an organization that at the end of the day is taking care of people, of sick people. And this is being connected to purpose. I, I, I've often, when I spoke to in, in a healthcare system, you know, you see folks joining because they want to take care of others, right, early in their career. But 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, 
sometimes you lose sight of that. And even being reminded, just having a conversation about, hey, this is why we got into this, into this industry. This is why I do what I do. Even that can create a sense of connection, belonging. And, and Roxanne, what I'm curious to hear your reflections on are the roles of the manager, right? When we when we show up every day, we understand from Gallup, and they were, we were fortunate to have them on the podcast. They talked about the importance of manager. I think it's 70 plus percent of the employee variance. As we discuss people initiatives, how important is the manager in, in this context? You have to have that that manager. Maybe uh, let's think of it from a leader standpoint. It's the leader, right? A manager can take care of the day-to-day function. You know, you could even have software work on some of the management responsibilities, but it is having this leadership mindset that you are you are present both emotionally and physically with your team. And they're, you're there to help them do the very best that they can do. Removing those roadblocks that could be in their way to help them be successful to ultimately then benefit those that are sick. So it is key and critical that you have a leader that is, you know, super engaged and that takes their mental mindset also. So those are a lot of the the people that I work with when I do, you know, coaching. It's with those leaders that just like their team, they're overwhelmed they're burned out. You know, they they forget also why they wanted to be a leader, right? They used to see the fulfillment of, oh my gosh, you know, this person succeeded and I was there to help them. So they're, you know, we're we're all kind of in this mental exhaustive um, type of state and um, helping them to see what is that ultimate goal and reminding them also why did they choose leadership? Why did they choose to be in that position then also helps them to be that that motivator, again, it's being that person that someone wants to work for, uh, not just because it's a paycheck or even if it, you know, again, the drive isn't necessarily, doesn't keep you there just because you like to work with a certain population or group. It's the manager or the leader that you stay with. Totally. And you said something, you know, you said be there for physically and emotionally. Yeah. Right. You, you drew a distinction. You could just be there physically checked out going through the motions you can even say some of the right words i care how do you feel and if you don't project it if you don't feel it if it that's not how it's showing up um like you said many are in this perpetual stress place i I know there are some days when i wake up and i just feel i can't even explain it i'm just stressed i'm and and then i show up i go through the motions and i ask myself you know how how do you show up emotionally? How do you be present? So, so Roxanne, as you talk to managers, how do you guide them to it? What are some of the practices that you that you suggest for them to get to a, a place where they thrive? Yeah, I think the, one of the biggest things is just for ourselves acknowledging the fact that we have been in this state of overwhelm and survival for a while. And while COVID spurred it, I think it's continuing to happen with, you know, some of the things that have happened as a result of COVID to where you create this emotional exhaustion of why am I doing this again? Uh, So it's bringing them back to, you know, your brain is in default mode. You know, and and really kind of taking control of some of that, of how do you switch over to that to that thriving? And that is a um, it's practice. It takes quite a while to shift that over from 
Um, I no longer have to feel like I'm being chased by a lion. Uh, and how do I switch over then to some of those positives? So, you know, some of it is through conversation of getting back to why did you why did you get into healthcare in the first place? Tell me about some times where you really succeeded, uh, and that really literally shifts your your brain activity to where you're thinking about some of those things that are oh yeah you know that is why I wanted to do it, and it makes some of those things that cause some of that stress a little bit less. But it takes quite a bit of practice. It's not one session or just taking a few a few minutes to do that, and it's conscious effort uh, to do that. And so, you know, if you're trying to lead and you're getting your team to do similar things, again, a leader doesn't have all this time to be able to do that with each one of their team members. So, you know, there there has to be some way for us to be able to tap into that where where they're going to get that for themselves, right? That they want that that rush of, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I started doing some of this. And you're so right. This isn't about one session. This isn't, you know, you wake up and all of a sudden everything's changed. It's being uh, intentional and being consistent. Uh, I heard a good, you know, uh, I think it was last week when one of the guests said, it's better to be acts of consistency are more important than acts of intensity. Um, but, But also there's this element of a lot of these things we're talking about are common sense. They're just, you know, we don't have the reminder. We're not creating the space for them. Sometimes it's about gratitude. Sometimes celebration of stories of impact. Remembering why we do what we do. Um, you know, how how do you think about the, the the people initiatives? And you and I wondered for quite a bit when when we chatted. How do we bring these little things? How do we bring these acts of intentionality? Um, how do we help leaders? get through the noise, get through the, the challenges they're facing in order to, to pause and, 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 and do them? H- how do we accomplish it? It's those micro sessions. You know, like I said, every leader is like, oh, I don't have an hour. You know, you don't need an hour. You just need a few minutes to interact and walk through the work area and acknowledge the value of the people. You know, a simple act uh, of just using their name and showing them some appreciation, that literally changes their mental mindset. So one of the things that I, you know, I talk with a lot of managers is, do you realize you're impacting the brain activity of the person that are working with you? You can keep them in the survival mode just simply by ignoring some of those things that are going on. Or you could acknowledge, you know, just by simply being there. So it doesn't take an hour Um, It can just be a few minutes of checking in with the group or the team. I have a lot of leaders that will even just, you know, via text, hey, missed you today, Um, just with the work of activity where they weren't able to see them, but appraised and thanked them for coming in. Are you going to want to go back to work for that person tomorrow? Probably, because you're, you know, asking those little things. Hey, how was your son's ball game? There's just such small little things. Again, they're looking for this almost like this high of dopamine that they get from social media that you could also get from praise and recognition that you're getting in the moment. You're so right. Um, Roxanne, what about the other side of this as we think about internal alignment from an executive perspective? Um, you know, there used to be a time when, when I heard a lot, I think it's six, seven years ago, there was more of this is not how we do things. This is work. This is not how my career, you know, got me to where I am. It was through hard work 
And you can have fun, you know, outside, or you can ask some of these questions not in the context of, of work. That appears to have shifted. Do, do you see, and, and some of the listeners are, are on their path to getting internal alignment to launch some of these initiatives. So for their sake, I'm asking for some best practices, how to get internal buy-in in order to be able to create a more human environment. Yeah, so the workforce expectations have shifted significantly over the decades. But what hasn't is the way we actually lead our people. So certainly, you know, years ago when we had different structures, it was way more of this concept of command and control. Where we, you know, our goal as a leader, as a manager was to make sure that production happened, that the numbers happen. And not in any way am I saying that's not valuable, but if you're investing in your people, those things are going to happen. They will make those numbers and, and make sure that that comes. So it really is a leadership shift in focus of really focusing on the psychological safety of their team. This, this is what people want in the work environment. They want to feel valued. They want to feel like they're contributing to something that's bigger to themselves. And a leader now has to almost be that motivational speaker of, I am here to help you guide you through that. The role of strong leadership now is no longer that coming in and control. They're almost weeding themselves out because the newer leaders that are rising up with these newer generations see this need for balance with the value of home life and work life. And it, they're no longer separate. So we have all these things that have evolved from technology to what the work environment looks like. Our leadership style has to shift or it's it's going to shift for us. Right. So where those newer leaders that come in are going to say, this is no longer what I want from a leader or a manager. Uh, I need somebody that's going to be there for me. We can get a machine to get the numbers to work and put out the data of here's what the schedule should look like. And here's how this should run if, you know, if we want the ideal productivity but if you had that and a leader that was valuing and in, in the trenches with their team, that team's going to be way more productive. Yeah, it's interesting you said that the, the, the kind of the old era of leadership is weeding out with the new leaders coming in who recognize the need for connection, belonging, purpose, some of the, some of the psychological safety elements. But also they represent the need themselves. I bet many of them feel it. Right. They see it and they feel it themselves. And if they are not getting it, they're going to, to create it, to create it and, and mobilize uh, support around them. That's, that's fascinating. Um, Roxanne, what else comes to mind as you think about the future of people initiatives? We, we're wondering in these sessions, how else do you see the future evolve to make initiatives more effective to continue to get through the noise? allowing you know listening to a couple different things listening to what it is that the team wants you know really valuing their thoughts or input you know a lot of times we make we make decisions and and we're not the first one that's closest to what's going on with the problem so really you know tapping into how do you guys want to be praised how you know what is important to you how do we create those people initiatives for you so it's asking those that are involved um, tapping into what what is important to them. Um, it, it, like I said, it's going to have to be different because we are moving so quickly from a technology standpoint that if we keep trying to go with the pace work, we're never going to catch up to what is the thing, right, that is really going to grab 
um, team members to say this is what really kind of keeps them engaged and involved. We've been doing, you know, <laughs> surveys to check and then we change behaviors and then we focus on that and we do managers go through training. Um, it's going to have to be a little bit more than that. It, it's a cultural shift, but it's going to take um, something, something big. Someone's going to figure it out. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, something like, why didn't any of us think about taking this whole different? It's almost like looking outside of the box of something completely different than the work environment uh, that says, look, this worked in that area. Why couldn't we do this in the work environment? And, th and that's why I talk a little bit about just how people latch on to social media. Is there something similar that we know? I don't make I don't I don't tell my daughter to get up and look at TikTok. It's automatic default and it happens throughout the day here and there and, and um, you know, before she goes to bed. So is there this drive or desire that, that can be created? Um, it's, it's out there. Uh, I don't know that I, I wish I knew what it was, Adam, because then I would <laughs> be making a ton of money. <laughs> I hear you. And then maybe it'll take uh, all of us working together to collaborating in order to create a movement to solve to solve some of these huge challenges. Um, I, I do think what you, you're hitting it, you know, it's spot on that we need to look at what works. We need to work works to get through, to get their attention. And how do we then learn from it and bring it inside the organizations? So Roxanne, just wanted to leave off with one piece of advice. So folks that are listening in, these are, are you know champions of change. They, they, they want to continue to stay on the journey. How have you stayed current on the journey? What advice would you give them to, to continue to you know, evolve their thinking? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is to focus on yourself first. So I know all of us are kind of feeling some of this different of it's almost this post-traumatic, wow, we made it through this, now what? And I think exploring some of that for yourself as a leader of how, how am I getting through this and then channeling it to the team and those that you're interacting with, because it, it truly does start with you. Uh, and there's a lot of different mindset shifts that are going to need to happen for the future of leadership and employee initiatives. And we're going to need to have that strong mental fitness to be able to, to manage that and to do it in a, in a wonderful, new, productive way. Become the change that you want to see in the exactly. world. Right. Start, start yes. within. Roxanne, what, what a wonderful conversation. I, um, I enjoyed it. I'm sure audiences found it helpful. And I look forward to continuing the dialogue. Yeah, great. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Over and out.